0: Whatever product you're designing that you want to take to market, make sure that it photographs well, that you can really present it well. And if there's something special about the way that it needs to be used or how it works, then make sure that you have a lot of content around that and use your hashtags and pay a little bit. I'm a big fan of small budget payment ads on Instagram. Hi, I'm Sanira, and I'm a mom of two a daughter
1: of an immigrant and an unlikely entrepreneur who went from scaling an idea to a nine-figure business. Along the way, I learned that less than 2% of female founders ever hit a million in revenue, and I'm on a mission to change that because we should all feel empowered enough to run our lives like we're the CEO. Since I never went to CEO school, I've had to learn it all the hard way. Now, I'm sharing it all with you so that you can join us as we discuss the mindset money and marketing secrets of the women who have bet big on unconventional paths to their version of success. Grab a seat because class is officially in session. Welcome to CEO School. Hi, I'm Sanera Madani and welcome to season four of CEO School. Today's guest is a mathematics major turned clean cosmetics expert. Ego Iwegbu is the CEO and founder of The Good Mineral, a cosmetic line that helps women live their best lives by eliminating harmful ingredients often found in beauty products. Ego owns multiple salons throughout the UK and South Africa, and has written two books on salon management. She has employed and trained over 250 women, written for professional beauty in Scratch Magazine, and speaks at many entrepreneurial events across the world. Ego has been featured in Cosmopolitan, L. Glamour, Fortune, Grazia, Modern Beauty, and so much more. And it is with my pleasure to introduce Ego to the show. Welcome to CEO School.
0: Wow. Thank you so much, Sunira. It's really, really amazing to be here. I've Having listened to so many of your... Episodes and your podcasts, the fact that I'm actually on one is amazing. Like, wow. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) I'm so
1: excited to have you and welcome. I cannot even remember how we got connected. And then I remember getting an email about the Good Mineral and holiday packages. And I absolutely love the holiday package. And I was like, I have to buy this for my friends. And I love supporting, obviously, women owned businesses. And so I actually ended up using your product.
0: Wow. And what do you think?
1: I love it. I actually, I have it on today and I will tell you, so the product, and I'd love to, for you to actually share a little bit about your products, but I absolutely love it. I am not a minerals girl for my face. I'm definitely a wet foundation person versus a powder. And it is game changer. Like I thought it was going to be really messy or I thought it was going to be, I don't know. It's just loose powder. I've never really used And I love the glow. And I will tell you as a brown woman, like my skin, there's not a lot of products that actually shine through, like that actually I'll get the the pigmentation for my skin. And I will tell you that it it feels really natural. It feels super light. I get that nice, beautiful glow. And so I love it. It's so beautifully (laughs) made and I can't believe it's all clean products too. So I love it.
0: It's, It's totally clean. And I'm so grateful for that intro. I feel like it's all done now. I can go.
1: <laughs> no, you can't. If, so tell me. Okay, so we have the most incredible women here listening to the show. Mm-hmm. And I love mm-hmm. that you've started. I, I know your journey, but I want you to tell your, your story from the very beginning how you became an entrepreneur, a little bit about your background, and then how you ended up building this multi million dollar brand, the Good Mineral, and this beautiful product that you have. So tell us the journey all the way from the beginning.
0: So I'm going to just say that I'm a born entrepreneur. So, however, I was born into a very academic family. So the only person in my family that wanted to basically have my own business, I just wanted to start a business and I'm a bit of a. don't want to say I'm a party girl but I do like going out and I'm very social so I kind of I was ready to be a DJ I was ready to own a nightclub I was ready to you know I wanted a cabaret you know all that type of stuff but my father's a professor of orthopedic surgery my mother's a doctor in climatology my two sisters have got like three or four degrees between them and I'm this one person who wants to be a DJ or you know own a nightclub or something like that so I want to say that the amount of courage and momentum that I had to gather in the beginning to start my first business was humongous. So if anybody that's listening is trying to overcome the idea of either disappointing their parents or, you know, leaving a really good job that's well-paid and all that sort of stuff to go and start a passion project, a business, you know, you can do it. It's going to be very hard, but You can do it and you should do it because ultimately I've managed to live a really good life following my dream and, you know, running my businesses in the way that I wanted to. So, yeah, I went on to basically graduate with my maths degree, which was like the best thing that I could possibly do. Like there was no way I was going to do medicine or engineering or anything like that. and. Started my first job with Ford Motor Company. It was the corporate job and everything was supposed to be, you know, amazing from here on. But I remember my first day or second day of work in my notebook, I scribbled nightmare, you know, like with a pen over and over again. Like I thought I can't be in here. And it took me three years writing my business plan, trying to raise funds. Took me three years of kind of being at work and quietly setting up my first business, which was a nail bar in the middle of Oxford Street in London in the coolest store top shop. I opened this amazing open plan nail bar that nobody else had ever done. By the way, I want to say that I'm the pioneer of the open plan nail bars. In I department love it. Stores. <laughs> We opened it and, and I wanted to make sure that it was in the funnest Part of the store. It couldn't just be some boring bit. It had to be in the part that had the DJs, that had the loud music. And why? Because ultimately, my why was why is it that when I go to get my nails done, it's a chore and I can't wait to get out of that salon? Why can I not enjoy myself while I'm getting my essential grooming done? I want to be in the middle of town. I want to have great music. I want to drink champagne and I want to get my nails done. Why not? (laughs)
1: I agree. So you opened the first nail bar in London. First, I want Mm -hmm. to say, I want to kind of even go back to, I didn't get a moment to pause there when you talked about being an entrepreneur and the first bit of it is actually courage, right? You have to have Mm -hmm. that. And it's so difficult and you have to dig so deep to go find that courage because ultimately you're so afraid. There's so much failure that could that could take place, right? It's not it's not comfortable. It is scary and it's supposed to be scary because it's this unknown. It's so much risk that you have to take to go pursue your passion. And when you talked about your family environment and just being around that your mom's a you know a doctor and your dad's a doctor, like from an educational perspective, you're a mathematician major. I mean these things for you to have to break out of that shell and you have a lot of success in your family but from a different lens. I love that you talked about finding that courage and pursuing it because you can build the life that you've always dreamed of. You just, the first step is taking the first step and that's the hardest part. It's getting started.
0: Absolutely. Getting started and taking that first step. I had to write to myself almost every day, do not give up. Don't worry. Stay on it. You're going to make it. It's going to be okay. You know, because Every day you're either told no. I mean, you think when I say I opened my first nail bar on Oxford Street in Topshop, first of all, I was super young. I was in my early 20s. I had no experience. I had very little money. In fact, I had no money. I went around raising it in bits and pieces all over the place. You know, so who did I think I was to go and open this new concept nail bar in the middle of Oxford Street? Who did I think I was? You know, had you, I remember one of the buyers. Or I think it was a manager on the beauty floor in Topshop. She came up and said, Oh, so where else have you got your salons ego? You know, because how is it possible that you're already opening one here in Topshop? Um, you must have like 10. And I was, and I just had to look at her and say, I haven't, I don't have any other salons. This is going to be my first one. You how did know? you
1: manage to do that, right? So that's a very successful first nail salon, right? To be at a prominent street in the middle of London at a major department store without having previous locations, how did you manage to get the attention of Topshop or even getting that first salon started?
0: The first thing was that I thought my idea was the best thing since sliced bread. Like (laughs) nothing was better than this idea. I was going to the back streets of London to go and get my nails done and I was sick and tired of it. And I was a super cool London chick. At the time, and I thought, why is it that I have to go to Croydon or God knows where else to go and get my nails? Done? I want to get my nails done on Oxford Street. Why not? So that was number one. My idea was amazing, and nobody was going to tell me any different. As much as I had a ton of self doubt in my heart, in my chest, in my head, all the time. I knew I had an amazing idea, number one. Number two, I just, look, I already had a job, you know, so I was getting paid. I had some, I had money coming in so I I could pay my rent. So there was nothing to lose right so you just pick up the phone and you start calling hello and like to speak to the buyer la 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 oh hi yeah no no we haven't got space for that no no so no 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 and no i got no 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 there's no space for that and i remember coming off the phone from one of those conversations and putting the phone down and looking at the phone and thinking to myself there's no space for that. Do you know what I'm offering you here? This is the best idea since sliced bread. So I wasn't having any of it. I decided that I was going to put together an amazing presentation, print it out in color and make it look amazing. Tell them how much money they were going to make. And I put it into a really hot pink envelope and I posted it to the buyer. And I thought this hot pink envelope is going to sit on her desk and she's going to see it. And that was that. And so I did that. I got on a plane. I went on holiday. And that's as that. I landed. And that's yeah. that. <laughs> and that was well, I had to because sometimes you just have to leave it. Sometimes you just have to do your best and then leave it to the universe to do the rest. Oh, that's that's a rhyme. It sounded like a rhyme. Sorry. I so, love
1: this. I'm feeling so um, energized right now listening <laughs> to this. And I can relate so hard. I love that you said that. One, and you are creative, right? So getting no is part of the process. And I think that a lot of entrepreneurs give up on their first no. You're going to have so many no's. Mm. You're going to have so much disappointment. Part of entrepreneurship is finding that ability to show up again. Like, you just have to keep getting up. And you persevering through the no. This is not the first time we've heard the story here on CEO School. You get told no, and you have to keep trying. And you have to be more creative than your competition. And that's exactly what you did. And I love that you said at the end of the day, you can only do your best. And sometimes you just have to have faith too. And that was a big piece of it. You did your best. You you did everything you could to get that buyer's attention. And at the end, you still have to have a little bit of faith to say that the universe is going to do her part too.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what happened. And so when I got back from my holiday, I switched on my phone and there were all these messages from the buyer saying, oh my goodness, hi, Ego, we have space for you now. I remember thinking, what? Wow. And so I was still at work. I got the space. I couldn't leave the job. I was supposed to give two months notice, but basically the day before we opened The first literally launch day, I walked into my office and I went straight up to my boss at the time, poor Tony. He was so nice to me. And I just said, Tony, I'm really sorry, but I'm leaving now to open my own business. And he said, what do you mean? I said, I know it's over. I'm done. And my nail bar was built and everything. So I'd been quietly doing all of this at the same time as working. And I launched the, the first nail bar to, you know, amazing. I remember our first day of trading, we took what well, was about 600 pounds. So it was about, what's that, a thousand dollars or something on the very first day. Because in the UK, this was a completely new idea. No one was getting their nails done. So I'm very proud of that. But I have to tell you that it was a hands-on crash bang learning curve for me.
1: Mm. I had
0: never managed people i'd never managed people i'd never managed a team i had never managed cash flow it was just bigger than me and i basically went on to learn all of these things on my own dime if you like on my own you know business over the following three to four years after that i went on to open six more across the uk two in manchester one in birmingham more in london And then it just started to crumble in my hands because I just didn't have the infrastructure in place for it. I just did not understand how important it was to build infrastructure in first before you start to grow. Do you know what I mean?
1: I know exactly what you mean. It's called scaling and it's really difficult. I think that, you know, the first there's so many things in business that are difficult. Right. So you get to a point where you get this launch. You're adding multiple locations, but part of it, infrastructure is so critically important to scale. I always say what got you from zero to six figures is not what's gonna get you from six to seven. And it's definitely not what's gonna get you from seven to eight. And you have to know that there's a new level, new devil and a new playbook at every single step of this journey. And you have to be willing to put in the tools around you, the people around you, and the process around you. So there are critical things that take place to put the scale levers on. I'd love to maybe, you know, talk about some of those learnings that you had in that scale. What crumbled and what happened?
0: Crumble number one was people. So Mm -hmm. of course, what I didn't realize was that what I had built was a business that lived with me in it. As long as I was there, it was amazing. Because I have this power, this superpower of multitasking, of customer service. Everybody feels good around me and everything's amazing. And so that's fine. And so I think, oh, okay, guys, so you guys are okay here. You're fine. I'm off to go and open another one. I leave, you know, two weeks later, problems start with the one that you've left. It's literally like firstborn, secondborn child. You know, if you don't pay attention, every single business is like a newborn baby. It needs nurturing and constant taking care of. So what I'm trying to say is that it took me quite a long time because I learned all of my business skills, all of my business learnings in those salons in the early days. It basically took me a long time to realize that the salon service, salon business is almost impossible to scale. Did you know that?
1: I did not know that. I I know that you wrote two books on that. Yes. (laughs)
0: It's almost impossible to scale a salon business unless you turn it into a franchise. And why a franchise? Because you need to have those owners on the floor. These are personal service businesses. Women come in and they want you to remember that their child just went to X and Y boarding school, or they've just come back from this and that holiday in Mauritius, and so on and so forth. So it's almost like this, uh, what's the person in a restaurant called? The the, the
1: Matre D. Matre D. Yeah.
0: Hello. How are you? Sit down. I remember that you don't like cream in your coffee and you only have one sugar. That's the kind of stuff that made our salon so special in the mm-hmm. end. I mean, they are really personal service, enjoyment. As far as I'm concerned, it's all about the enjoyment of getting your essential grooming done. So if that's the service that I'm offering, then how am I going to scale that if I'm not on the shop floor? You can't, it's very, very difficult. And that is a lesson that I, that was a big lesson that I learned only years later.
1: Give yourself a little credit. You scaled it to six salons, right? I mean, you look (laughs) back and you're like, I didn't have a hundred, but you scaled it. You did scale it and you had massive success with it. And with that success begets success. And so what happened next? So what happened to the salons? What happened next? How did the good mineral happen? As I'm dying to talk about. This oh
0: product. right, right. <laughs> so the salons went on. I mean, we didn't after six. That was it. I lost them all. I ended up writing the books on it because I just started. People were calling me afterwards. They they were was, London Fashion Week was calling me. Crabtree and Evelyn was. Ego, do you know how we need a nail bar for this? We need a nail bar for that. My former staff were calling me. Uh, Ego, I want to open my own salon. How am I going to do it? I thought, you know what, guys, no problem. I'm going to start a consultancy. We're going to run nail bars for large. Brands. and I'm going to write books and do seminars on how to open your own salon. And that was where I was going until I moved to South Africa with my ex-husband, two small babies, very small, uh, 10 month old and three year old at the time. And I came across, because I'm so interested in salons, I came across this nail bar and I thought, oh, so of course I went around the whole of Johannesburg trying out different nail bars, just seeing what the scene was like. And I came across one, and the owner ended up saying, Do you want to buy it? And I remember thinking, I've only been here for like three months, <laughs> never been to South Africa before. Do I want to buy another salon? Not really. Anyway, ended up buying it and turning it into <laughs> turning it into the coolest nail bar in Johannesburg, I have to tell you. So all of those years of experience, I just went in there and we just started having a ball in the salon. So The point being is that the salon started, it was packed out with women. One day my mom comes over, she's visiting from London and says, Ego, your salons are so busy. Why don't you get that makeup from your sister? So my sister, who is a chartered mechanical engineer, inventor, scientist, cosmetic chemist, I mean, product developer, she is a genius, Natasha Iwegbu, had been formulating these clean beauty powders for years. So she was driven by the fact that she wanted a more natural look for her own face, driven by the fact that I had severe acne and I couldn't put all of these other chemical filled products on my face. And of course, I still wanted to go out on dates and still look nice, right? Because just because you've got not so great skin doesn't mean that you can't go out and be confident, right? So... Natasha, fueled with these things, decided that she was going to make her own makeup. And so she had started mixing these powders way back in 2005. And it took her about five years, literally stopping women on the street, trying to get their color match, very dedicated to ensuring that brown girls, black girls were fully Fully covered in this mineral makeup line, which is a very big deal. And so these formulations had been made by her very carefully, and meticulously over years. And my mom goes, Ego, go and get this makeup of Natasha because your salons are packed. And that's how it started, you see, Sunira. It wasn't a plan. The plan, I was going down, you know, my merry path of owning my salons and having a really good time. So then I flew to Washington, D.C. Natasha lives in D.C. And I got, said, Natasha, mix some of this powder. So she mixes. I fly it back to SA. I put it in, start jarring it on my dining room table, sticking on labels. And we put it in the salon and start selling it in the salon under Miss London Cosmetics. Wow. We sold out. Nobody could get enough of this makeup. We were just, I mean, and the trust that I had built with all of these amazing clients that we had in the salon, a woman would come in with full makeup and I'd say, right, I'm taking that makeup off you. I'm going to put this one on you. I want you to, want you to try this. Oh, okay. I go. I'll let you try it. It was literally a platform for us to catapult this cosmetics line from. So that's how it started. And I have to say that basically both businesses came together with a very grassroots beginning. You know, it's real women, real life, real customers, real cash, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Some some real cash. And that's why it works. That's the secret source of it. It's got real authenticity behind the way it was produced and the way that it was brought to market as well.
1: I love that. It's such a beautiful story. And I love the coming of everything kind of fitting together. Sometimes you can't force these things. Like a lot of the time ideas, like I see entrepreneurs who are like, Oh, they're trying to find their idea. And there are ways for you to go figure that out. But at the same time, I think that the businesses that are the most successful are the ones that are organically solving a problem that are organically come together. And those are the wildly successful businesses. And right. this is exactly what happened. I mean, and I love that you work with your sister. I get to work with my brother every day at Stacks and there is a level of trust. People are like, how do you guys work together? There is a level of trust. Like the way that I talk to my brother, I can't even talk to my husband in the ways that I talk to my brother, right? <laughs> there is like a level of trust that you have. It's raw. Yeah. It's real. And you learn to manage through some of that. But at the same time, you have a partner that truly has a hundred percent, the same best interests, like at heart for you. I love yeah. that she was the engineer. She came up with that. Yet you know how to build brands and cultivate the respect around those brands and get women to buy like and trust from like they because they trust you. So I That's love crazy. it. And I never come on to ever I never endorse products that I personally don't love, or I believe in, I have been wearing this powder. I love the glow. I think that it's so natural. It's so light. It gives you exactly what you need when you don't want to have like a, you know, like a cakey face or like not for like right. events, but so you just want to have an everyday simple look that you feel put together and confident. I love it. And I love the, the fact that it does fit well for my skin. I have different skin. I am a woman of color. I have brown skin. And I have tinted skin in different areas too, right? Like under my yeah. eyes, we have different pigmentation and I love the way that the product actually makes me feel. And I really want amazing, you
0: to know that. Amazing. That's so brilliant. Uh, thank you so much for that. I mean, ultimately we say that it's makeup that loves you back because mm-hmm. you fall in love with it and it actually takes care of your skin in the process. It loves you back. And the lightweight, the fresh feel of it is the way women want to look and i know this we we service over 14,000 women a year in our salons and they tell me you go out and say i'm going to put some makeup on you the first thing they say is i'm not a makeup person i'm not a makeup person you know and so sometimes when i look at these instagram videos on of brands where they're applying layers and layers of things i think i don't know who wears makeup like that but i know that there are a lot of women who want to look really groomed and fresh and natural and they don't want to compromise on the quality of the product that goes on their face. And that's why The Good Mineral is here. It's here for you.
1: How's the brand doing? Where can we find it? How can we support it?
0: So we just launched in the US, The Good Mineral is online, so it's www www.thegoodmineral.com. And we're on Instagram at the good mineral. And we try a lot on Instagram to really sort of educate our customers on the quality of the product and why it's so different and how to use it because the application is also very different from traditional uh, makeup. You don't have to rub or agitate your skin at all in the process of using it. So that's how you get it. And we've just recently launched on Amazon. Yay!
1: That is so exciting. What's that process like? We have like five minutes left. I'd love for uh, for you to tell us a little bit about go to market a bit, right? So if we've got women in the audience that have amazing products, but getting it to market is extremely difficult. Do you have any advice for women who want to have product-based businesses? How can we get our products into Amazon and shops? And how are you getting to your customers today? Would love to just get right. some tactical advice from you.
0: So, I mean, for me, social media is massive. Instagram is massive. I'm quite, I've been very, very successful on Instagram with all of my brands, including my own brand of me as in Ego Wegbu But so I immediately want to go straight onto Instagram. I also understand that quality visuals do a lot for your brand. So whatever product you're designing that you want to take to market, make sure that it photographs well, that you can really present it well. And if there's something special about the way that it needs to be used or how it works, then make sure that you have a lot of content around that and use your hashtags and pay a little bit. I'm a big fan of small budget payment ads on Instagram. You don't have to go spending $1,000 or you know, $20,000. You can start off with a $30, $60 ads. You put your post out, you see the ones that are the most popular, that really popular post, put $30 on it. I love it, I'm gonna people, try that. Yeah, the really popular post, put $30 on it, or well, $60, put $60 on it and put it to visitors to come to your profile, not go to your website come to your profile okay. because the journey starts on your profile, the learnings start on your profile. So I found that when I send people straight to the website or I send people with a Google ad straight to the website, I might lose them. The duration of the time that they spend on the website is much shorter. Whereas if I take them through Instagram or Facebook, where we've got all the stories really well told, we're more likely to, to keep you on our website for longer.
1: I think so. that is incredible tactical advice. I actually think that's inc- that's amazing. And even on what you talked about on just like starting small and scaling, that is gold. And I love that you talked about getting an organic channel. I'm a huge believer in the power of social media. That is 100% of the reason why I've been so successful in growing in our brands. One company I for Stocks, I went completely from a digital ad lens first. And I wish I had started from social first, whereas another brand that's been organically grown CEO school has been a hundred percent just based on organic social. So you can go, you can go about it different ways, but I think building the brand. And it's so, I think the power of building a brand today, it's, I don't want to say the word easy because it's not, but we have so much access and it is easier than it was 10 years ago to go build a brand. 100%. And, oh my and-
0: God. I didn't have, there was no social media when I started my, my salons, you know, yeah. that all of that fantastic stuff. If, they were, if I had Instagram back in those days, I would have been all over it, you know, but yeah, it's a lot easier. However, it can feel like you're just beating your head against a wall when you're not getting the reactions that you were expecting from, from a post. But I think the most important thing that I have learned from that is consistency and quality, quality posts all the time. And it's a full time job. Do not think for one second that it can be a side job next to whatever else you're doing, because remember that. It's 5% in the making. It's 95% in the marketing. So I you can, you. can we've made the product. It's amazing. It's, it's on the shelves. It's sitting there. It's ready. But now for it to come off the shelves and be on your face, I've got to convince you somehow. And I've got to get to you somehow because I don't have salons to get to you out in the States. I can only get to you digitally, which is very, very new for me. And so I'm very aware of the fact that if I want you to buy this product. I need to teach you how amazing it is and to tell you that it's going to change your life.
1: (laughs) I love it. This has been so much fun. I feel like I could talk to you for hours. Thank you so much for being on the show today. This is our kickoff for season four and what a beautiful kickoff this was. I go, where can we find you on social?
0: I'm on Instagram at if anybody wants to connect with me, ask me business advice. I'm a really big believer of helping women succeed. So I absolutely love what you're doing. It's amazing. This is this to me is the whole point of it. Ultimately, you know, it's the fact that we want women to live with freedom and to have financial freedom and to make their own choices, not to be forced to go down roads because their are mothers or their cultural or religion or whatever it is, you've got to be free. And the more money that gets into the hands of women, the better the world is going to be, as far as I'm concerned. So we all have to become very, very, very rich.
1: I agree. Nothing bad happens when women make more money. That's the motto exactly. here at School. And before I let you go and the audience goes, I'm going to try something different and we're going to play a little quiz. So I want to do a quick this or that and kind of put you on the hot seat. And I just want to get the audience can get to know you better. I can get to know you, your personality a little bit better. So you ready. Ego? ready. Okay. Coffee or tea.
0: Coffee.
1: Awesome. Iced or hot. Hot. Okay. I'm a hot coffee (laughs) girl too. Favorite pizza topping.
0: Oh, cheese, cheese, and more cheese.
1: I love it. (laughs) Journal. Journal or meditate? Meditate. Dog or cat? Dog. (laughs) High tech or low tech?
0: High, super high tech.
1: Oh, that's me too. (laughs) Favorite book? Favorite author? Or a podcast that you're listening to?
0: Oh my goodness, Eckhart Tolle, The Power of Now. Now, now,
1: the power of now. Favorite female inspiration that you have?
0: Oh, Sarah Blakely.
1: Yes. And because of her wor- backpack because of the red backpack I love yeah, it because
0: she went out there onto the streets
1: I love it and last question do you have a word of the year or an affirmation that you tell yourself
0: so this year my wish for this year is for wildest dreams to come true wildest like I love it no way
1: let's do it. Let's do it. Thank you so much. Ego, for being on the show. I have just thoroughly enjoyed all of it. I feel like we're going to be long-term friends. And so this is the beautiful part of connecting. And this fills me so much. I feel like this is the greatest job in the world that I have. So just honored to be in your presence. Thank you so much for all your wisdom that you've, you've given to our audience here. We can't wait to follow you, support you, and buy the products. So we'll be linking that below as well. Let us know if there's a, any CEO School coupon codes that we can add on there. So we'll link all of that in the show notes as well.
0: Brilliant. Brilliant. Amazing. Thank you so much, Sunura. It's been a real honor, and I'm just delighted. Can't wait.
1: <laughs> Until next <laughs> Thank week you. at CEO School. Hey there, if you enjoyed this week's episode themes and want to go deeper into concepts on mindset, money, and marketing, download our freebie with the five secrets that helped me scale multiple companies to seven figures and beyond. These are the exact skills that will help you get you to your next level. Find it on CEO School's bio on Instagram, at CEO School. If you loved today's episode, leave us a review. This is how we grow and reach more incredible entrepreneurs like you. Tell us what you loved about the episode and you'll be entered to win one ticket to our Women in Business Conference this September in Orlando. I can't wait to see you.